0: Hi, and welcome to Follow's Weekly Message Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message inspires you and helps you to follow Jesus in your community for His glory. Here's the message.
1: Today's Bible reading comes from Acts chapter 10, verses 9 to 48. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I am the one you are looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house and to be his guests.
0: The next day, Peter started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? Cornelius answered, Three days ago I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. He commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All of the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized in water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days.
2: Well, in January, our family got away for a few days down to the Mornington Peninsula. And on a couple of those days, Taylor, our daughter, and I went for some bush walks, one thing that we love to do. Uh, one of those walks was at Bush Rangers Bay at Cape Shank. And if you're looking for a walk that's not too far away, but has stunning scenery, I'd certainly recommend it. It's actually 14K's return, And the first seven Ks, you head down to Bushrangers Bay. And while you're there, you can spend some time admiring the beautiful beach and the cliffs. If you're brave, you can have a bit of a dip. And then the second seven Ks is back up the hill, back to the car park where you started. Now, most of the track is a narrow, sandy track with bush on either side. And so we did the first seven Ks, but as we were returning along the same track, we came to a wind in the path and we turned a corner and they're right in front of us, was a large kangaroo on the track with its joey right behind. You might see the photo on the screen. And as we stared at each other, it became clear that this was a game of chicken, but with kangaroos. We looked at them like, we're going that way. And they stared back at us as if to say, well, we're not moving. And so there was this standoff. Now lucky for us, there are a couple of young ladies coming up behind us who were talking rather loudly. And as the kangaroos heard the commotion, they were like, okay, we're out of here. And they kind of hopped off the path. Now those kangaroos were always in that bush, but we never knew it because they hadn't revealed themselves. But as we kept on the path, on the track, they'd now been revealed in a way that we could now see them. They were always there, we just couldn't see them before. And that encounter got me thinking. And I think the curse of being a preacher's kid is that every circumstance becomes a sermon illustration on demand, even if there's no demand for it. And so I said to Taylor, this track reminds me of God and two ways to think about God. The first way is to think or assume that we know pretty much everything there is to know about God. If that track was a picture of our journey, we would say, well, it's easy, it's just a track with bushes on the side. And the way we perceive God can often be the same. Many Christians see God that way, that God is kind of all boxed up with neat doctrines and pithy statements, and there really isn't much more I need to learn about God, and so from that point on, it's really just about keeping the status quo. But I really believe God's so much more than that. He is living and dynamic, and he wants us to see more of him every day. The thought that I know everything I need to know about God is as arrogant as it is absurd. And what I've learned is that the more I learn about God, the more I realize that there is still so much that I need to learn about God. You see, we'd already walked that part of the track, and we could easily say, well, it's just a track and bush. But I said to Taylor, we know it's so much more than that. There are all sorts of things in the bush that we can't see. For a start, there are different types of bushes, trees and shrubs and little plants and flowers. But there's also worms and spiders and snakes and ants and wombats and echidnas. And now we know there's kangaroos. And just because we can't see it all doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And so the second type of Christian or way of thinking about God is a person who is constantly seeking God in his word, in prayer, with a sense of humility, but also at the same time a sense of awe and wonder about who he is, knowing that there's a lot that we do know about God, but there is still so much to discover. I really believe as we live that way, following Jesus on the narrow path, at times along the journey, he will reveal things to us that we had never seen before. Those truths were always there, They just hadn't yet been revealed to us in a way that we could see or understand. Today is the start of a series called Preparing Our Hearts. And the aim of this series is for us to prepare ourselves as a faith community for all that God has ahead. The theme of my message today is expectation. And I really wonder what you expect in your daily walk with Jesus this year. What is your expectation level like? Is it up here or is it kind of down here? Is it just another year where we go through the motions? Or are you expecting for God to show you new things and help you to grow in Him this year? After 2020, do you feel more like a sloth, you know? Or do you feel like a lion ready to devour everything that God's got ahead? Are you excited about what God is going to do? Or are you still discouraged and worn out from all that life threw at us over the last 12 months? Because there's no doubt that it's true that life has been difficult in many unexpected ways in the last year. And I don't think we can deny, downplay, or hide from that reality. That is the truth. But there's actually a deeper truth. And the deeper truth is this, that God is good all the time. And even in the worst of circumstances, He is working all things together for good, for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. And I really believe it's that deeper truth that needs to shape our reality and therefore our expectation of what God can do in our lives this year. The passage we read today is a pivotal story in Scripture of a moment in Peter's life where an encounter with God changed everything. These moments are commonly known as kairos moments, And this terminology is something I want to introduce into our vocabulary and understanding this year at Follow. Kairos is an ancient Greek word, and it's a word meaning the right, critical, or opportune moment. It's a moment that presents itself and you grab hold of it. From a biblical point of view, the Kairos moments are an encounter with God that calls for action, conversion, or transformation, a change of life. It's when something you couldn't see before presents itself and you now know that you'll never be the same. You know, our moment of salvation's like that, isn't it? You, Most of the people here watching this sermon today, uh, people who follow Jesus, you say you're a follower of Christ. If you're not, I really want to encourage you and pray for you that you come to know him as your Lord and Saviour. But for the rest of us who are already following Jesus, we can remember that Kairos moment, that moment of salvation. It's the moment when we realise that we are sinners in need of a saviour. It's the moment where we repented of our sins and gave our lives over to Christ, accepting what he has done through his life, death and resurrection. This week I had the immense privilege to lead a dear friend to the Lord at a café. And that moment for him was a Kairos moment, the start of his faith journey, the start of something new. But there are other moments like that where you can put a line in the sand and literally say through a Kairos moment, encounter with God, your life changed forever. Mike Breen in his book, Building a Discipleship Culture, tells us that Kairos moments can be recognized by the impact they leave on you and that they are moments that signal opportunities to grow. There are a couple of Kairos moments that stand out in my own life. One of them was many years ago when I was at a Planet Shakers conference in Adelaide, well before Planet Shakers Church were in Melbourne. I was there with Kim, my wife, and a group of young adult leaders, and I'll never forget being in a lift with Kim on the last day. And I turned to her and I said, I believe that God is calling me into ministry, at which point all the blood drained out of her face, she went white like a ghost, and I think she was rather horrified at the thought. She used to say, I married a carpenter, not a pastor. But over that week of that conference, I just knew that God had been working in my heart and in my mind, and I knew that he was calling me into something new. It was a kairos moment, and I knew in that moment what he was saying and that my life would never be the same again. And so as soon as I got home, I enrolled at Bible College, and well, the rest is now history. It was a Kairos moment. Another distinct moment I can recall was not at a conference with you know flashing lights and smoke machines. It was literally in the middle of nowhere in one of the most remote parts of Australia. We were on the last day of a mission trip I'd pioneered on Elko Island in an indigenous community in Arnhem Land. And one of the elders of that community took us on a tour of the island on the final day. Where we literally bush bashed our way through the bush in an old troopy people mover. And in the back of this vehicle, we had eight people seated on bench seats, kind of facing each other. And on the way back to camp, it was pitch black. And one of the people in our group started to sing a worship song. And for the next 45 minutes, in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by God's glorious creation, We sang song after song of praise to the Lord. And to this very day, I've never felt the presence of God so tangibly. It was a moment that changed my life. It grew my love of worship and appreciation of God's presence in a way that I never would be the same again. I'm sure you can think of some moments like that in your own life. These were two distinct Kairos moments that fundamentally changed me through an encounter with God. And I really believe that God wants us to have these types of encounters with Him this year, to be changed in increasing measure to become more like Him. I don't want to be who I am today, this time next year. I want to be more like Christ. And these moments can be pivotal as we continue to develop our intimacy with God. What we read about today in Acts chapter 10 was a Kairos moment for Peter, the great apostle. Peter was a Jewish man and was very much brought up as part of the nation of Israel. Israel was a nation that had been formed through the person of Abram, who God called in Genesis 12. And when God called him, he made great promises to him. He said, I'm going to make your name great. He said, you will become a great nation. You'll have as many descendants as the sand on the seashore and the stars in the sky. And then he said, through that nation, the nation of Israel, all peoples on earth would be blessed. And so as Israel imaged God and represented God and his character, other nations would be drawn to God, would be blessed by who he is, and would come to know him as well. However, that was the plan. But as we read the biblical narrative, we see clearly over time they lost sight of this great mission. And instead of seeking to be a blessing, they started to see themselves as in relationship with God and everyone else as outside of relationship with God. The language they often used to communicate that was the language of clean and unclean. And so for them, some foods and some activities made them clean and others made them unclean. But people, in their way of thinking, were also placed within these distinct categories as well. They were either clean or unclean, Jewish or Gentile. And so Peter, as a young Jewish man, was raised within this culture with this sort of understanding of the world. Peter had been living his entire life with a certain perspective very much shaped by his environment and his upbringing. But in order for him to play his part in the unfolding plan of God, his perspective needed to be shifted, it needed to change. And in today's passage, we see that it changed through a kairos moment encounter with God, which came in the form of a vision. As Peter was travelling around the country, sharing the gospel, one day he went up to a rooftop to pray and while he was praying, this vision occurs. And in the vision, heaven opens up. You can imagine it. He sees heaven opening up. And as the heavens are opened, a large sheet is lowered down to the earth by its four corners. On this sheet is a whole range of living animals crawling around, which according to Jewish custom, were considered unclean for Peter to eat. But to his immense surprise, in verse 13 it tells us, A voice from heaven told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. At first Peter refuses, but God says, Peter, don't call unclean what I have called clean. And then immediately the sheep returns back to heaven. It's a strange vision to have and it left Peter a little confused and it caused him to ponder what it may mean. We know this from verse 17, it says that Peter was wondering about the vision, or about the meaning of the vision. And in verse 19, it says Peter was still thinking about the vision. But as he was thinking it through, verse 19 tells us that the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. And so Simon Peter goes downstairs and he meets these men, And they explained to him that they have come from Cornelius, the Roman centurion, who they knew as a righteous and God-fearing man, widely respected by the Jews. And independently, an angel had appeared to Cornelius and told him to ask Peter to come to his house so that they could hear everything Peter had to say. And so you can imagine Peter in this moment, uh, we know from the text, he doesn't yet know what the vision he saw actually meant. He's still thinking about it. He's still wondering about the meaning. But despite that, he agrees, and he goes to them, and somewhere along the way, it's clear that God gives him understanding of what the vision actually meant. And while food was the visual given on the sheet, the vision actually had deeper meaning, not primarily about food, but rather about people. And the meaning is revealed for us in verse 27 and 28. Peter arrived at the centurion's house, and it said, Peter went inside... And he found a large gathering of people. And he said to them, You are well aware that it's against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but he accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You see, Peter had a kairos moment, an encounter with God that changed his life and his perspective. He would never be the same again, and his perspective was now aligned to the purposes of God. And so here's the main thrust of today's message. God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever, and I believe he still wants to speak to us, his people— And so with that in mind, I am coming into 2021 fully expecting, as I journey with God in His Word, in prayer, in His presence, that this year I will have Kairos moments where God in an instant can change my life. Like the kangaroo on the path, He can reveal things to me that are already there, but now I can see them in a way that I couldn't see them before. These moments change our lives, and it's exciting to expect that God can and does do these things in our lives today. It might be God calling you, like he did with me all those years ago, into a new vocation. Like Peter, it may be him challenging you and some of the beliefs you've always had about yourself or about God. It may be receiving him as your saviour for the very first time, or coming back to him if you've walked away. It may be prompting you to take a big step of faith in an area of your life where you've struggled to trust Him. It may be a conviction in a moment of prayer or seeking God to forgive and let go of a grudge that's been weighing you down for years. It may be a deeper revelation or understanding of who God is that's suddenly revealed in your life that means you'll never be the same again. I wonder if you're expecting moments like that this year. Well, how do we know they're Kairos moments? Well, as we said before, you'll know by the impact they leave on you and that they are moments that signal opportunities to grow. I'm going to say I'm expecting moments like that this year for me, for you, and for us collectively. And so the question is, how do we prepare for those kind of moments? Well, there's two things I saw as significant from Peter's story at the start of the passage. The first thing is that he went to a rooftop. Peter was going through a town, but he deliberately went to a place where he could be with God free of distractions. I'm sure he probably plugged his iPhone in downstairs and left it down there. And he proactively went upstairs and he found a deliberate place that was ideal in order to focus on time with God. You know, I really believe that in the busyness of our world, this is one of the most important disciplines that all of us need to cultivate in our lives if we want these life-changing moments with God. We need to find space to put the busyness and the distractions aside and just to be with Him in His presence. And maybe that quiet place for you is uh, somewhere in nature, might be going for a walk, that's one thing I love to do. It might be sitting on a beach. It might be alone in your bedroom with the word open. It might be in a small group where you seek God with others. It's a, any place that you set apart in order to help you grow in God. You know, when we gather together for our services, it's like that. We're proactively going somewhere. We could be anywhere else, but we're making a decision to gather together where we should expect an encounter with God. You know, where two or more are gathered, there he is in our midst. We know that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And so we go to a proactive place of worship. And I wonder if each of us have that expectation when we gather. Do we wake up on a Sunday morning, alarm goes off, and we kind of make a decision on the spot? Yeah, nah. Yeah, maybe. And if we decide to go, we kind of meander in late. We sit through some songs with our arms crossed, if we make it for any songs at all all the while thinking, I wonder what is for lunch? Or do we do the opposite, where we spring out of bed on a Sunday morning, already determined to be worshipping in the family of God, expectant that as we open the word together, as we encourage one another, and as we seek God and lift our voices in praise, that God could change our lives today. Because we haven't gathered just to do church or to tick a religious box. We've actually gathered to have an encounter with the living God who wants to meet with us in a special way as we gather to worship Him. So the first thing Peter did is that he went to a place set apart for God. The second thing that Peter did was to pray. Now for many of us, prayer is kind of like an afterthought in a time of crisis, rather than a practice that shapes our lives. One of the disciplines of my life this year is to pray before phone. It sounds like a no-brainer, doesn't it? But how often do we phone before pray? Uh, And I've made a decision this year, I'm not going to touch my phone any morning before I've prayed. Because I've realized so often it's our phone that as we start to scroll through and answer emails and look at social media, it's often our phone that shapes our day, not our prayer. And instead of starting with our eyes focused on God and our heart set towards him, we so often start with frustration or anger or disappointment or anxiety by what we're seeing on our phones. John chapter 7:38 is a verse God's impressed on my life for this year. And it says, whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. I want that prayer to shape my life. And so every morning, that's part of my daily prayer, that I want to be someone who, through intimacy with God, is being filled with those refreshing waters that come from God alone so that they can overflow from my life into the lives of others. As we see Peter's example here, we see that Peter prepared a place to worship. He prayed, and I don't think it's any coincidence, that a place and a prayer preceded an encounter. You see, I believe God wants us to have these life-changing Kairos moments as well. And so we need to prepare a place for God and we need to pray. But I want to finish by saying that when these moments do happen, we still have a choice to make. We can resist or we can receive what God is wanting to do in our lives. I want you to notice Peter's first response to this encounter and this unveiling of truth in his life. In verse 14, the first response he had to this vision were these words. He said, Surely not, Lord. Surely not, Lord. His response to this voice from heaven is not surprising. God is revealing something that it goes against everything he's always believed. And so his first and most likely his default position was, Surely not, Lord. I wonder how often that's our response as well, when God does challenge us, when He reveals something that causes us to see things differently, or to take a step of faith, or shift direction in our lives. How often do we respond by saying, surely not, I'm not going to listen to that because it's going to cost too much, uh, or, you know, it's just too difficult, or I'm not sure about it, or whatever. And there's all this resistance where there should actually be obedience. You see, what God was communicating to Peter should not have been new information. To be a blessing to all nations was always the plan from day one. Not only that, but Jesus had journeyed intimately with Peter for three years and had modelled to him over and over again his compassion towards all people, dying on the cross for everyone who would call on his name. Even after the nation's history, even after three years with Jesus, and even after a vision from heaven, Peter still resisted. Verse 15 tells us the voice from heaven spoke to him a second time. Verse 16 then tells us that this happened three times. There was resistance. But thank God, due to the work of the Spirit in Peter's life, he moved from resisting to reconsidering to receiving. And as a result of his obedience, the world has changed as the gospel opened up to all people on earth, including you and me. You see, these Kairos moments not only change our lives, but they can profoundly impact the lives of others. Church family, I want to say this morning that life is too short to go through the motions. We've been given an opportunity in this life to encounter God in a way that we are transformed in order to represent his kingdom, to give people a glimpse of what that looks like, and to help others on their journey to come to know him as we share the good news. And so this year, let's make 2021 count for the kingdom. If you are watching this morning, you feel like your faith has become stagnant. If you believe you've been going through the motions... If really, if you're honest with yourself, you have no expectation for your faith life this year, then my prayer is that today that begins to change. As you make space for God in your daily rhythms, as you pray continually, perhaps there are things just around the corner, like that kangaroo on the path, that we didn't see coming, but could change our lives. And so let's prepare our heart with great expectation for all God is going to do in us individually, and in us corporately as the family of God here at Follow. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you're not a dead God. We thank you that you are a living, risen, dynamic, and real God who wants to journey with us every day. And Lord, I pray that each of us this year would grow in our intimacy with you and from that place of intimacy that we would have encounters with you that would change our lives, that would transform us from the inside out, that we would represent your kingdom and share the good news with the world around us. Lord, if there's things that you want to change in our character, in our beliefs, in our lifestyles, in the things that we do and say, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that we would have an encounter with you, and instead of resisting, that we would reconsider, that we would prayerfully come to you, and that we would receive what you're wanting to do in our lives. Lord, we want to be people that go deeper in you this year. We want to be people that are obedient to your call. We want to be people that stay on the narrow path, that stand for truth and grace. And we want to be people that make a difference in the world for your kingdom's sake. Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in in heaven, in and through our lives for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining us for our weekly message. If you live in the southeastern suburbs of Melbourne, we'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service. All the information can be found on our website, follow.church. You can also follow us on social media at Follow Baptist Church.